the Passionate Spirits Social Club. My name's Meg, and I will be your host and your guide. I've always loved exploring different facets of life, from art, psychology, science, spirituality, and so many more. I'm here because I want to inspire you and to share new perspectives through conversations with passionate people. Today, I'm meeting with a dear friend of mine, Shale Hawkwood is an improvisational musician, actor, and comedian, yoga teacher, science educator, and all-around friendly village witch. In this episode, we explore the intersections between science and mysticism and how we can bridge a better understanding between the two. At the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, Shale began to uncover the truth of their identity while expanding their previous knowledge with science and exploring the spiritual side of life. Through uncovering more about themselves, they came to understand more about the universe and the world we inhabit. Let's dive into this cosmic conversation. Welcome to the show. It's so good to have you here. It's so good to be here. I'm so glad we could talk. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this conversation. I absolutely love talking to you. We can just go on so many tangents about like the micro and macro cosm of the universe. And I'm just like, gonna get right into it. Let's get right into it. I live in the micro and macro all the time. And it's sometimes exhausting. (laughs) Relatable. Also, again, just love our love our opposite zodiac signs that always just adds so much intrigue the leo the leo aquarius oh it's so good yes i am i am an aquarius my transition was my saturn return it was a wild ride it continues to be a wild ride wow 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 i did not even make that correspondence that's insane oh yeah I I mean I didn't like get into astrology until I started transitioning and then I like looked at the stars again and like what they had you know sort of by our collective belief patterns and interpretations come to say about the sort of person I would be when I was born and I got really lost from that in the years since then because society was like no, you got to be a normal boy, be a good man. And I was like, I don't know if I know how to do that, but I'm going to do my best because I don't know how to do anything else. Um, And, you know, when I would look at my astrology, when I was, you know, boy moding, I was like, that's not me. Uh, And then when I looked at it, once I was being honest with myself, I was like, oh, that's uncannily accurate. Wow. Like every every planet, every placement, the sort of constellation of my chart, like it's all just stuck between dualities. Um, so I grow through balancing it all. Wow. That's amazing. So today we're going to talk about the intersections of science and mysticism. Yeah, which is, I mean, I got into astrology and astronomy at the same time, so. 
There are different parts of the elephant. Um, if you're familiar with the parable of like the blind men and the elephant, um, they're all touching a different part of the elephant and they're all very insistent that they know what it is. Uh, you know, the man at the legs is like, this is a tree. Obviously, look at this big old tree trunk or not look, but like, I know, I know it's a big tree trunk. This, you know, this is something that might be like kind of ableist because like, you know, blind people have plenty of other ways within the confines of like, yeah, like the guy at the trunk is like, no, this is a snake. We need to be careful. This could like, you know, wrap itself around us and like choke us out. Um, and the guy at the tusks is like, I mean, yeah, it's dangerous, but like it's pointy, not, not, you know, happy. And the guy at the ears is like, what are you talking about? This is just a nice cozy blanket. Uh, at the tail, this, you know, someone might be like, um, I think this is a horse. And like, if you if none of them have any concept of an elephant or like imagine just a bunch of people who in, insist on a bunch of men who won't ask for directions are in a room without any light but there's an elephant let's remove uh their ability to see from the equation and just uh you know they're all sort of right but if they can't communicate mm-hmm. yeah they're just different ways of explaining the same thing or like from the same source just a kaleidoscope of interpretations so the modern sort of dichotomies of mysticism and science and like philosophy and reason and you know the this kind of like segmentation of thought to the point that like no one can communicate anymore but like we're all talking about the same elephant well and it, it becomes necessary with like the degree of specialization that has had to go on over like centuries to get to the point in every like field that they're at. Um, But like, we need to now do sort of like a reconnection of these different roots that have like specialized into all these different uh, functions. Like we need a mycelium to connect them and exchange resources. That's why I was so excited that you asked me to do this podcast. Cause that's kind of like what we're both trying to do here is like those gaps be the fungus fungus among us. Be the fungus. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I definitely strongly feel that too, that purpose of being the bridge between the metaphysical and the physical specifically. And I feel that's that's very much what like science and mysticism kind of entails is those two realms of thought and language to describe the same thing intuitive and declarative knowing Mm. um i recently read the tao of physics and because i got into i was studying my yoga teacher training at the same time as learning astrophysics and quantum mechanics through like online resources uh some people use the pandemic time to learn how to bake bread i um learned obsessively for fun because that's what brain likes to do same same all i did was like smoke weed look at youtube videos and just learn about the universe it was fucking crazy (laughs) and i well and i grew boobs which was like also you know i got to grow my own little loaves a wonderful project of alchemy you made bread yeah i made that bread let's get that bread honey um 
alchemy is amazing. I mean, this is literally what alchemists were like striving towards is like the union of masculine and feminine in one form. Yes, absolutely. Um, but like, that's also where like, you know, science and philosophy intersect. Like trans medicine is not just like fix the hormones because not it's not a hormonal deficiency for everyone. It was for me. Like I needed to correct my hormones to get to the body I needed, but I also needed to like unpack the societal damage that had been done to me by people being, you know, insistent that I play the part of a man because of some just very basic differences in like anatomy. They're like, oh, you got an Audi. That means laundry list of shit that some of which did resonate with me. Some of it, a lo lot of it, most of it didn't. I mean, that's why the binary doesn't really fit. <laughs> like I, I say I'm non-binary, but really it's just that like the binary is not real and I particularly don't fit in it. Yes. Yes. It's straight ticket voting, which is bad in democracy and it's bad in gender. What do you mean? Like, it's just being like, oh yeah, subscribe to all. Um, you pick from like the, the M column or the F column or the R column or the D column. And it's like, but what if you want to go to monster truck rallies and paint your nails? Is there no character customization in this incarnation? Oh man, it's like when you play a video game that like you don't get to char like character customize at all. Uh, and I just don't really feel invested. And in my transition pandemic, my trandemic, if you will, um, I got to like go back to the character creation screen and like you get to really understand like who do I want to be and who did other people want me to be? And like, do I need to value those inputs? Like, how much weight am I giving my middle school bullies in who I am now? And why? Yeah, why am I still letting these little kids, ha like, take house in my brain? Why, like, they are paying rent. Yeah, why am I letting my grandma tell me who to be when my grandma doesn't really know or understand a thing about me? Let's talk about God, <laughs> but more, more in the in the umbrella of like the science and and the mysticism in terms of energy, magic, yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't that long ago in human history that everything that's sort of the domain of science now was the domain of like, you know, what we called magic like things that we didn't fully understand but had forces that we couldn't perceive like magnets would have been magic like they move stuff and like i mean the average person or member of an insane clown posse doesn't know how magnets work uh, we just sort of like thankfully can trust that there are people around who know enough about how magnets work to make sure that we still have things that involve magnets and then like i know enough about how like the electromagnetic field functions that like magnets make sense to me and that is a form of magic mm. like that knowing that's 
kind of part of what I consider to be like my own like practice of magic and witchcraft is like understanding science. Like I didn't get witchy until I got more sciencey. Right. Um, because like things are just weird and cool and like trees are fucking magic. Yes. Knowing more about them makes them more magical. Yeah. Like I, I've never understood the sort of like, um, and this is something that comes up in like specifically Christofascism, not like Christianity as like a sort of belief system, but like the institution of Christofascism is like codified ignorance where it's like, if you try to know things, you're like diminishing the wonder or like threatening the wonder of God. And I fully subscribe to the notion that like, no, understanding and appreciating and like learning more about the incredibly like unlikely universe that we exist in where everything around us is possible just by like the basic fundamental constants of this universe, which like aren't the way they are for any particular reason. They just are. And that's like the plank length which is like the smallest length that things can be before like you get kind of into quantum fuzziness and like things can't be um, is a certain length that like allows for the geometry of our physics just because it is like that's that's part of understanding the wonder of like divinity to me is that like this the the soft rare earth hypothesis we exist in the only branch of the multiverse where we could possibly exist and therefore like so many unlikely things had to happen for us to even be existing and all the way i understand multiverse theory all the other ways that things could have gone did as well we just are out of phase with them and so like we don't get to experience a universe where we couldn't exist because obviously we don't exist there but those universes do exist just we're not there we're in this we're we live on this perfect little jewel of a world uh because life is really messy and like intelligent life is hard to form life easy to form intelligent technological life very hard to form a lot of things can go wrong in the in the way Mm. I feel something that you said earlier was really powerful which is the you know the learning of science and just the phenomena of life diminishing its magic and its wonder and how it's quite the opposite I feel I feel like it's a devotional practice of just like this love affair with the universe. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's worship for me. Yeah. I get to like understand just how much incredible work, like living things have done over the last 4 billion years to like grow forests and, you know, ocean life ecosystems and you know just the fact that rare earth minerals exist is the proof of supernovae and kilonovae uh which are 
when neutron stars collide and form everything like from gold on in the periodic table like you need multiple stars exploding and colliding to make the materials that we build our modern life with and appreciating how many like stellar life cycles have gone into just the stuff around us like everything up to iron um forms in regular stars iron is like basically the end life cycle of a star nothing it it can't fuse further and then everything else comes from like star explosions like literal stardust life could only form as complexly as it does now at about this point in the universe because it takes multiple star life cycles to generate complex elements and the early universe was still too like just chaotic for things to survive. Um, we exist in such a small little point of space in the universe, but we've life on earth has existed for about a third of the length of time of the universe as we know it. About 4 billion years out of 13.8. Wow. Yeah, we are massive in time. I always kind of felt we were so minuscule. I mean, humans are, but we're not humanity. We're life. Mm. Humanity is an arbitrary concept and construct used to basically justify imperialism towards the rest of our brethren. Separation. Yeah. The idea that like humans are somehow, you know, autonomous almost like aliens just dropped into this world that grew independent of us no we grew up with this world it's why indigenous wisdom is so important to hold on to wherever we can find it wherever the empire didn't stamp it out um is because like humans grew of this earth we are of this earth we are caretakers and gardeners that's what we evolved to be we're apex predators at times, but we're also gardeners at other times. Like we're flexible and uh, our closest relatives, chimps and bonobos, have two different um, general tendencies when troops interact. Chimpanzees will fight to the death. Bonobos make love. <laughs> like I choose to be more on like the bonobo side of the family. I choose to engage in wonder and curiosity and love rather than think this is a threat to me and I want to destroy it. And that's kind of what I think about as like Homo Neanderthalus and Homo sapiens, which like we contain the DNA of both. We're all like a little bit Neanderthal. Um, and I think that's where patriarchy comes. We really do have that choice at the end of the day because we have this awareness and yeah. we have all these different parts within us that we can choose to embody and choose to act upon. I feel like science as it is now is, as as we were kind of saying with separation, it the lens of science I feel is trying to prolong this idea of separation and that we are other from everything else and that everything is individualized and 
everything is, it's kind of like, you know, pre, pre-quantum physics understanding of like, everything is just a physical object and this is another physical object I'm observing and stuff. And quantum physics was like, actually, everything is relationship and change. And Western science as a whole was like, we don't yes. really know what to do with that information. So we're just going to kind of stop. compute. <laughs> I mean, and there are still like amazing advances. I thankfully, my algorithms are largely tuned to give me science updates. Um, so like there's amazing advances in like quantum physics and like the nature of reality that humans are uncovering every day. And that's what gives me, that's part of what gives me faith in this species is that, which also species are a concept that humans came up with. It's the separation again. Yeah. Life is just life. Um, I'm reading a book right now, uh, The Equations of Life, that examines how like physics shapes the like limitations and also the pressures of evolution. How just like the basic, physical laws of the universe we exist in are necessary constraints that like allow for growth in what kind of life is possible. Yeah. It's like a container. Yeah. Like a skeleton. You need something there to grow. And we have our physical laws, which laws are such a patriarchal idea of like to impose on just the nature of the universe. You know, like there's no law of gravity. There's no gravity police. Gravity is just the stretching and pulling of space-time. It just is. Things just are. And we also get to think about it because we have really cool electric meat. Electric meat? Dead. (laughs) I love our electric meat. We evolved such incredible quantum computers. And we get to, like, contemplate reality with them. And... We get to, like, be 3D printers for the universe to make stuff. Stop. That is incredible. We're the universe seeing our own baby pictures. That's how I felt when I saw, like, the images of, like, 13 billion-year-old galaxies. That is such a beautiful image, honestly. Wow. And science has so much potential for that beauty. The problem isn't science. The problem is patriarchal science. Yes, exactly. We need science that involves artists and poets and like people who can name things. So many fundamental forces of the universe are just named after some dude. It's like, yeah, this is the Van der Waal forces and the De Broglie wavelength and... Uh, Talking radiation. It's like, what does that mean? Yeah, I found this. Use words that describe the thing you're saying, not just that point to like, you're just name dropping like dead white dudes. <laughs> you're not describing anything. Sorry, I'm, I have a lot of feelings about the namings of things in science as like, as an artist, as like a scientist, artist, warrior princess i don't know what the fuck to categorize myself as i have no branding capacity (laughs) (laughs) i am everything and nothing all at the same time i'm just a little dude yeah (laughs) i'm just a little human being
So I want to talk more about magic. Yes, talk about magic. Let's talk about magic. And also just kind of, again, like the mystical aspect of it, but also the scientific aspect of it. You know, there's, it's again, different ways of speaking about the same thing. If I had been dropped, if you could drop me in like so many points of history, I would be burned as a witch. Yep. Same. I mean, the dress I'm wearing right now, I'm pretty sure if I wore it when it was manufactured, I would have been murdered. Yep. But it looks great on me. Yeah. Hair flip. (laughs) Sip coffee. So magic. I feel... What is magic to you? It's so, it's one of those, it's so difficult to describe. I feel magic is like our relationship to the universe and using our awareness and sometimes tools to manipulate, um, manipulate or influence or provoke change into our internal world and or our external world, I would say, from like a human understanding. I feel magic is is both just cosmic in general and is what we can perceive as just the phenomena of the universe is just magic, but also the act of magic itself is very like human to universe kind of relationship and to nature. Agriculture is magic. Yes. Um, medicine is magic. Weapon making. <laughs> Anything with tools. Yeah, it's a dark magic. Like, guns are a horrible dark magic that never should have been unleashed. Like, I, as someone who enjoys martial arts and, like, martial weaponry and, like, I'm a sword girl, um, I wish we'd never made guns because it shouldn't be as easy of, as, like, a pull of a finger to take a life. I think you got to work for that as an animal. It it messes up the value of a life to be able to take it with a finger pull. Um you you got to have to do that yourself if you want to take a life. You But like, you know, we gotta let loose that Pandora's box already. Yeah, it might as well just be like a magic wand at this point done for usually not good things. <laughs> oh yeah. What about you? What do you feel magic is um yeah i think it's connection and understanding whether that's you know the magic you feel connecting with another person like um and when that happens your nervous systems literally are in training to each other like we are again electric meat we have electromagnetic fields and like our nervous systems are sensitive to the nervous systems of other animals and especially other humans around us uh we're a social species it's you know just like ants you know not just like ants because we have much more like highly evolved individual processing than like ants do but like you know they have signals that indicate to other ants like what to do and humans are connected to each other um like it's why you know you can like see crowd behavior form we're we're herding we're pack animals um that's part of like the magic 
is that like we don't fully know all the ways that we influence each other the ways we can like sense each other the ways that we can create together that's my favorite form of magic is collaborative improvisation it's what i do as an actor it's what i do as a musician i make stuff up in the moment with other people and there's no i mean that's how like yeah it's how i create uh whether it's with myself and my loop pedals you know just collaborating with myself out of phase of time uh or collaborating in the moment with other people which is my preferred method um i don't know like that's magic we reach like a transcendental state when we're in like a joint flow state and like people just like i've felt it with other musicians with other uh actors like you just know what like the other person is going to do or like you but not in a way you could say that's the difference between intuitive and declarative knowing like having not needing to think about it to do it and not even being able to think about it um like but also you feel that sense of connection to the universe when i don't know for me i see omens sometimes you know i um I'm very attuned to pattern recognition and that is part of, you know, what is labeled in modern times, autism, uh, or, you know, varying other things. Synchronicity. Yeah. Synchronicity. It's a sensitivity to synchronicity. Um, because the universe is made up of synchronicities. Again, rare earth, we only exist because of innumerable synchronicities. We're like the the one sperm that won, but like as a planet. <laughs> yeah. At least in our solar system, there are multiple like, like Venus and Mars are on either end of the habitable zone and could have been habitable at some point in our solar system's history, but likely aren't now. Um, a one, you know, lost all its heat and its electromagnetic field, that's Mars, kind of a masculine uh, over expulsion and one held on to too much energy and overheated and like cooked and boiled and melted itself. And that's Venus, you know, uh, I think it's fitting that we assigned them kind of the like masculine and feminine forces, which again, fitting things to binary, not masculine and feminine, but um, expressive and retentive, expulsive and, uh, like retractive uh giving and taking you know yang and yin like so many different philosophies sort of get at this like repulsive and attractive force that is you know fundamental to magnetism uh to gravity but we don't see a lot of like gravitational expulsion in our corner of the universe because that gets you know quasars are a little bit of a messy situation uh, I like that's I don't know I got a little away there I think but like that's sort of like yeah human connection is the magic and like being aware that like we are connected to an amazingly improbable but here like as unlikely as it is that we are we are the forests as mycorrhizal networks are conscious surely like i believe the earth is conscious like a lot of scientists are very hesitant to approach gaia hypothesis stuff but it's 
I think it's arrogance to think that we're the only conscious intelligence. I believe the universe is conscious. And there are even scientists who are starting, like, you know, mainstream scientists who are starting to kind of point that, you know, the universe might be a learning uh, physics engine. <laughs> it's like, we don't know. But I believe that the, like, universe that has the settings where all of this is possible if there is some kind of intelligence, I think it wants us to be around and it wants us to foster more life. Mm, I agree. That's like the will of God to me is to be good stewards. Mm, yeah, being God's children and being able to have like yeah. the free will to create, co-create our realities and our experiences within like God's creation. I also feel like, I don't know who said it, but it's th this quote that says, we are the universe experiencing itself, essentially. We are. I mean, <laughs> and we're, through getting to interact with each other, mm -hmm. we're the universe interacting with other fractals of ourself. Yeah, absolutely. That's why when you like really connect in relationship with someone, it feels like knowing yourself. Yeah. Or yeah, like a mirror of, of recognition and being seen and seeing for something deeper than just the surface. Yeah. That's, that's God. That's God. Yes. <laughs> so with the intersection of, magic and mysticism and spirituality and all this stuff and with our current scientific understanding of things how can we how can we come to a consensus and speak about this as one thing because as we were saying before there's so many different ways to speak about the same thing but oftentimes because of that they're there's create excuse me there's separation that occurs and then misunderstandings and then conflict and then you know on and on and on and on when in reality it's just it's like languages you know someone can be pointing at an apple and they're like apple and then you can point at the apple in another language and go masa like and be like no, it's an apple. <laughs> it's like, no, no, hold on. Like, no, it's not. It's not woo-woo energy. It's like science energy. And it's like, it's beep, boop, bop energy. <laughs> yeah, it's not. They're not beeps and boops or woos and woos. Uh, those are just, it's all the same. I mean, all the lenses are important. Again, like I believe deeply that like we need to understand philosophy and science through as many lenses as possible uh like overlaid into you know how like you get like a bunch of different cameras to scan a 3d image to represent it digitally we need that but with intersectional philosophies that we can try to like glimpse reality a little more completely because we're looking at it like 2d little like paper people and we're just seeing little blips and we need to zoom out. We need to get a 3D image. It's why like, I went to school for neuroscience. I studied criminology and music and like sustainability and like civic duty and like 
how to like build community. Um, why I studied improvisational theater and yoga teaching and astrophysics and quantum mechanics and planetary ecology. Cause I'm, I just want to see as many lenses as I can so that I can get my bearings. Cause like I'm too um, aware of everything all the time to not want to learn more. Like it's the blessing and curse of, you know, being autistic or one of the fae folk or whatever I am, whatever we are, people like us and probably people listening to this, um, like we've always existed. They come up with new words for us. Like, you know, I use words like autistic and trans now to describe myself, but those words are new and I am ancient. Going back to the language thing, I feel like a lot of, we have to make a new language, but I also feel like there's, you know, there's light and dark in everything, specifically with like the new age community. I feel there is a lot of language that is used that, you know, in moderation can actually be very accessible once understood and is very it crosses over into a lot of things like, um, you know, there's a lot of flowery language. I feel like in like new age thought and new age communities that can kind of get um, overwhelming and can feel like too much. If you're just constantly being like, ah, oh, yes, consciousness and my embodiment and the energy is flowing and I am in, harmony with the universe and like all this stuff I feel there's some value in that I feel I feel like there's some truth in in this kind of new way of speaking because it grabs from all of these different concepts and puts it into one word so I even just feel like consciousness itself is very very all-encompassing with a lot of different ideas but over time, we've just called consciousness like a, a lot of different things that are also very limited, such as like, you know, we've thought consciousness as the mind or confident or consciousness as intelligence or consciousness as life force or like so many different things, whereas consciousness is just consciousness. <laughs> so how can we how can we come to a consensus and understanding from, you know, a scientific point of view and a spiritual point of view, like there is, um, there's gotta be a middle ground here, you know? Yeah. Or at least like capacity for us to find little middle grounds. Mm. Like this is one of the roles I like filling because I have a science background and I'm, you know, a spiritual, mystical person. Um, like, as you said, there can be a lot of, there can be some kind of arcane language that comes up in uh, some, like, new age and mystical circles. There can be a lot of arcane language that comes up in science uh, communication, like, it's it's tricky to find language that multiple groups can find accessible. Um, 
And I think what that necessitates is like a more diverse coalition of representatives. Like we need a democracy of ideas. Because I don't think there is one way to unify like in an, into a singular field or school of thought, like yeah. without, you know, at, at the very least we need intermediary uh like steps you need you need convergent evolution after all this divergent evolution you can't just force it's it's like the struggles we're running into with pronouns being understood as like what they evoke in language um it's taking time for like language to change in that way because language is a i think of languages as living things i think of schools of thought as living things you know to what you were saying about like consciousness being a thing we like to delineate into like single heads one head one one being and it's like i mean i think belief systems exist and like have power outside of the individual like they're greater than the sums of their parts mm. languages are as well and language can't just like change um but it needs to be evolved yeah culture needs to evolve it can't just be like reset um so true and i don't know that's why i sometimes remind myself that it's important to uh be visible and vocal and you know I, I'm someone who constantly exists at in-betweens. Yeah. And I've just come to embrace that instead of trying to run from it. Mm. Like, um, you're familiar with my tattoo on my back, right? Sort of tree of life connecting like halves of the brain of like rationality and whimsy of science and mysticism of uh, logic and art of masculine and feminine and everything in between and beyond. Yes. Um, like I got that tattoo years before I knew why I was really getting it. Oh, but that was, that was inner wisdom. That was intuitive knowing, not declarative knowing. I feel like more people from different fields just need to have more conversations because that, that isolation and that, that separation just creates more echo chambers within these like groups of thought. It's like, we're all creating this, this cluster of thoughts within one container alongside one another, like the science field in physics or like uh, Buddhism and then like a million other things, but there's not a lot of connections being made amongst those little parts essentially yeah and it's and it's tricky to find ways for like these you know frequencies that have resonated within their own chambers for so long to like meld in a symphony without crowding each other out or without discord and you know with the since the dawn of the internet we've seen such an explosive expansion of like cross-pollination of ideas but also of like ideological warfare um 
through, you know, just so many ways that like, just as the printing press led to mass misinformation campaigns, because suddenly people could print things that weren't. <laughs> also print things that were. And, you know, average people didn't know the difference because no one had known how to right. do research before. And then we have a lot of like, you know, dispersal of information across the internet that isn't verified by any, you know, kind of like responsible body because there isn't anyone to really regulate or like to even like get at how you might regulate um, the safety of information hazards. Wow. <laughs> like there's no like, you know, EPA for like ideological environmental hazards. Wow. But it's very hard to not have that fall into thought police <laughs> because humanity has a bit of a tendency for fascism. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Why can't we all just get along? Why can't we be more bonobo? <laughs> a little less chimpanzee. Bonobo supremacy for humanity, please. <laughs> more fucking less fighting. <laughs> We're shaking my fists in the air, please. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this was amazing. Thank you for uh, just fostering such a lovely little environment for me to ramble about all my weird witch shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always here for it. That is literally the purpose of this space. Well, it was so amazing having you on and I really enjoyed this conversation. I learned so much and I'm so humbled by your perspective and your awareness of this existence on earth. It's <laughs> so sweet of you to say. I sometimes, I mean, I have like a lot of like imposter syndrome uh, and have <laughs> wondered sometimes like, did I, did my thoughts get too out there over the last couple of years? But no. Uh, <laughs> Okay, cool. No. <laughs> Keep on thinking. <laughs> like I said, the more I understand, the more at peace I feel with the universe. Yep. It's my it's my worship of creation. Yes. Is to look closer. Yes, absolutely. It's such an act devotion, like to just be like in wonder and amazement at just everything and wanting to get to know and deepen our understanding. It's like, yeah. The universe in me wants to understand the universe around me and in you and in every other little fractal of ourself. Yes, that's beautiful. And I just try to be a good conduit for that. Me too. And we're doing a great job. <laughs> hey, thanks bud. All right. Until next time, my dear. Yes. Until next time. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. It was such a blast getting to just talk about all this cosmic goodness. I am so excited to be continuing this project, and I really hope to continue this journey alongside of you. I will see you in the next one. 